Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for this opportunity to be with my brothers and all the people that are listening right now. Father, we thank you for the many blessings you give us in our life. We thank you for your call on our hearts to be the men that you call us to be. Lord, give us the strength and the courage to stand up as men that you want us to be in this world that does not want that. Uh, Give us the courage to be the fathers and the husbands we're called to be. Lord, bless this conference, bless all the men that will be in attendance, and bless this conversation. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name name of the the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. A special edition show today. Our our guy that would be speaking is just a guy in the pew. Uh, His name is Mr. John Edwards. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here with you guys. All right. Uh, our co-host today is Ted Desertels. He is the chairman of the Man to Man Conference and also Mr. Guy Bear, who is one of the founding members of Man to Man. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank Hello. you. Thank you. All right. With that, we'll turn it over to John. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born and raised here in Memphis, Tennessee and still live here to this day. Born and raised Baptist and enjoyed that part of my faith life until about the age of 18 and enrolled at the University of Memphis and Things kind of went off the rails for me there a little bit. Uh, got into college, and really, uh, when, when I left the Baptist Church, it was because I was in a big youth group. Everybody decided to kind of go off to college. You know, living here in Memphis, we're in the middle of SEC country. Yes. So a lot of, you know, my friends wanted to wanted to follow in their parents' put, you know, uh, footsteps and go to Tennessee or Kentucky or Auburn or wherever else uh, their LSU. parents went. So Yeah, we pull for those LSU Memphis. Tigers, John, not those Memphis yeah, There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, we're all Tigers, right? I'm a Memphis one, and you guys are we got a little, we're, we're related a little bit. There you go. But, yeah, so all these folks, they took off to go to different schools, and I was left kind of isolated and alone and without community for the first time in my life. So when I went to school, you know, I was on this campus. It's a commuter school, you know, thousands of people there, and I didn't know a soul. Uh, it was a lonely point in my life, you know, because I'd had this, this faith group to walk with, and so I started looking for some other people to jump in with, and... That happened to be a fraternity. I knew one guy left in town, and he asked, you know, I called him and said, hey, I, you know, I'm kind of lonely in my life, don't have anything going on. And he said, well, come join this fraternity. So I did, and that was the last day I went to church for about 11 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, what frat were kinda, you? I was a Sigma Chi. Okay. I, I know yeah, some so, of those guys. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, the thing is I tell high school students, juniors and seniors, uh, if they're getting ready to go to college, you know, they're also full of excitement for this freedom they're going to find. You know, I get to get away from my parents and do what I want to do and live on my own and all those things. Well, freedom's a good thing if you know who you are. But if you don't, it's a very dangerous thing. And at that time of my life, I sort of forgot who I was. I left the faith behind and started looking to fit in anywhere I could. So that meant, you know, doing anything anybody wanted me to do to be able to fit in. So that led me to a lot of heavy drinking, a lot of drugs. Eventually got into an addiction to cocaine that followed me for 17 years of my life through a marriage, through my marriage uh, to my wife, Angela, and the birth of my three children. I was this, you know, four to two fifty successful salesman of the year, making well over six figures from the outside looking in, had everything, you know, the world by the tail and all of that. But, you know, guys probably would have thought, man, that thing's got got it, that guy's got it great. He's got everything he needs. But inside I was a broken mess, full of addictions and, and uh, you know, things I was hiding from everyone around me. So you know, I don't want to share too much about all of that because I know we're going to talk That's about right. it that day, but save that. but you know, basically the Lord came back into my life at a certain point 
and he showed me I could be different and called me into ministry. And so we started uh, a podcast several several years ago, just a guy in the pew. We've got 160 some odd episodes with interviews and all of these things. And now we have a specific focus on going around the country and doing parish missions, uh, speaking to people about identity and how to restore their identity, speaking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and then also speaking about my conversion story to show people that this is possible. But for the result of and for the purpose of going to these parishes and starting life-changing men's groups uh, for men. That, that's what happened after God changed my life. I went to a bunch of guys in my parish, and I told them the things that had happened in my life. Uh, we had a good men's group in our parish uh, as far as a, a men's fundraising group for the school. So we barbecued and threw, you know, ran festivals and all those things but and raised money, but we didn't talk about Jesus. And so I walked in that room. And I told them what could happen in your life when Jesus isn't the center of it anymore. And from that night on, uh, that vulnerability that I showed walking in that room, it spawned these other men to stand up and start to share all the struggles they had. And it really showed me the power of vulnerability in a man's life. So for the last few years now, we've been traveling and going around to different parishes around the country and training men, uh, you know, leaders to lead. That's one thing that you don't see a lot in ministry. Everybody's kind of got a box of their stuff to send you and say, here, good luck with it. But there's not a lot of things out there that actually train leaders, whether it's women or men, whoever you're talking about, to actually lead. So that's what we're doing. We're going to the parishes, doing the missions. We put together a men's training guide. We have a four-pillar structure that is very easy to implement. And so that's what we're doing, doing that and going to men's conferences and just trying to reach as many uh, men as we can to show them what's possible in their life when they give it over to the board. So, John, you and I have a lot in common. Uh, um, I, 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 I watched your YouTube video where you were speaking of your mother. My, my mother died about three years ago and was a big part of my faith life. And and uh, wrote a, she wrote a diary every day for 42 years, and and I began wow. to write one as well. And you know, it's it's definitely I, I see how much you loved your mom. Uh, we, we we have a, a common bond that I saw you. Your dad worked for Napa, or you said in, in the automobile industry. Uh-huh. I'm in the auto industry, and and uh, I work. I'm at a Ford dealership here in Lafayette and uh and then being from Memphis Ford's headquarters were in Memphis at one time you know for us so I've been to Memphis a few times and and then I heard you talk about Curcio a little bit uh, uh is that something that you had made yes yes I did so not long after we started that men's group in our parish um you know, we had 30 or 40 guys come in and just from all over the diocese and several uh, of the men in the parish that started coming to the group were very involved and active in Curcio. And so that first year, I think, uh, when they had the fall uh, the fall weekend, we had six or seven guys from our group go at the same time. I think it was the most we'd ever had from our parish. And uh, so it was a very impactful weekend for me. Really enjoyed that. You know, growing up Baptist, I went to some things, a few things that were sort of built like that, but um, it was really neat to go and meet a lot of other guys from around the diocese. And many of us uh, continue to group, you know, go to weekly groups. And then actually one of the guys now for, it was in our group that helped me start it. He is actually the uh, the lay director of the Crescio movement here in Memphis now. So nice. yeah, it's something that's been close to our heart and, and helped me really meet a lot of guys around the diocese outside of our parish. Yeah, but Curcio, uh, uh, John, is, is dear to my heart because I, I made my Curcio in 1997, and um, it changed my life. It made me a, a much stronger Catholic because during that time of my life, I was, I was searching. I was actually attending some, some non-denominational uh, Bible studies and some weekend, uh, 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 <clears throat> weekend conferences in, in, in New Orleans and Houston and uh, came back to my 
parish and talked to my my pastor, Father Gary Schechnader, and told him I was a little bit confused. And he said, Teddy, you need to make a Crucio. And I said, yes, sir. And I made it in 1997 and uh, never looked back. And uh, amen for uh, me being a Catholic. So, mm. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a life-changing weekend. It's There's a lot of people that, you know, they, they're nervous about going, but uh, everybody I talk to, you know, it, and I don't want to say nervous, but they, it's hard sometimes to convince yourself to walk away for three or four days from the busyness of your life. But that's exactly what so many of us need is time to just, just get off the uh, merry-go-round for a little bit and really focus on a few days with our brothers and with God. And so, yeah, I would highly recommend it for anybody that hasn't been. Uh, Christina is a great experience and a great way to get dialed back in in your faith. Awesome. I want Guy to jump in here. Guy Hebert is was one of the founding members of, of the Man-to-Man Conference here in Lafayette. So come on in. Uh, hey there, John. Uh, yes, I made my Crucio in uh, 1987. And I remember as an older man at our table, and that, you know, we all get dropped off over there. We don't drive there, and they take your car away, you know. So uh, yeah. he, for the first almost day and a half, that man said and, and he, was, he was older and out of shape. He said, I would leave right now. I'd start walking. And the man was from Opelousas at Teddy. And he said, uh, I want to, uh, I want to leave. And he, and he just was almost begging. He was almost mad. And then he just, he just stuck it out. And when Sunday came around, he said, I don't want to leave. I want to stay. I so <laughs> I just say this, it left an indelible mark on my, my heart and my soul. And I highly recommend Crucio to everyone. Amen. Yeah, for sure. So John, um, my mom, Marcel Citron, uh, was wanted wanted the ladies to have Curcio here in in Lafayette, and so you know she petitioned hard for the, the priest that was running Curcio Center here, and uh, they they ended up sending her to Kansas City, and and my mom started the women's Curcio here at in Prairie Roan. So I'm very proud of that, and I grew up out there, so it's close to my heart, and certainly I had my conversion there back in '05. But uh, I, I see you're headed to the Holy Land very soon. I'm wondering, was is that your first trip or? Yes, yes, yeah. it is. So Father Larry Richards is is going with me. He's a very good buddy of mine. In fact, you know, with my conversion story, Father Larry had a lot to do with that. Uh, when I uh, arrived home from from jail, there was a, the first night I came home, uh, I was looking for something to to start getting my head right and to start getting back into the into the faith and trying to live as the man I should have been the whole time. And uh, I didn't have a Bible around. Uh, you know, my wife probably had forty. I wasn't looking in the right place, but. <laughs> She, she was she's an outstanding Catholic, but uh, he had his book in my uh, he given me years ago called Be a Man that was in my yeah. bedside table, and I picked that up and I read it cover to cover that night, and I really fell in love with his message and just the kind of person he was. We watched a lot of his things in the beginning of our groups, a lot of just tape talks that he's done all over the place from men's conferences, and I brought him into my parish in 2019 to speak. And he and I just hit it off, and he's actually the spiritual director of my, my apostolate now, of my ministry. So we, he reached out to me about a year ago, and, and uh, we were talking about trips, and, you know, I said I'd never been on one. And he said, we ought to, you know, we ought to do one together. So I reached out to his people, and they said, yeah, he could do one in 2023. So we're going to head over to the Holy Land through Select Travel. Uh, we've got about 30 folks signed up right now. Um, it's going to happen May the 10th through the 21st of 2023. Uh, Israel, for those who don't know, as, as, as they've rolled back their vaccination uh, restrictions. So uh, before, you know, over the last couple of years, you've had to be vaccinated to go. They've done away with that now. So uh, whether you're vaccinated or not, you, the trip is open to you. 
Uh, we're really excited about it. You get to go all over the Holy Land. We're going to go to Cana, and you can have that. You know where the wedding of Cana was, mm-hmm. and have your marriage vows. So you bring an uh, Angela? Is, is Angela coming with you? Oh, yeah, she told me I wasn't going unless she was going. Oh, I'm, I'm jealous. I'll just tell you, my, my wife was in the middle of dancing, which if you went to the University of Memphis, they always had an awesome dance team, right? Well, my daughter oh, sure, got yep. yeah, she got wrapped up in dancing, so my wife had to miss the trip, and I went with my daughter, and we went to the wedding at Cana location in the church, and they, they renewed your wedding vows, and yep. I miss that, uh, so I'm happy for you for that. Yeah, yeah so. there's a lot of that. We're going to be going to all the places you'd want to go there. Um, one thing they do that's really neat is is when they go walk the Via Della Rosa, they get up, you know, we get up early in the morning, like three before the shops are open and uh, before there's crowds and a lot of other, you know, tours out there. So you really get that kind of intimate experience with, you know, walking in the footsteps of Christ through uh, his, his, his walk to the cross. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. You know, I hope that we can continue to do these and maybe get over to Italy and some other places um, where we could check out some other amazing Awesome. Yeah, for the church and everything else. So it's something I'm really looking forward to. I'll turn it to Ted. I want to just remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. It's a special edition uh, with John Edwards. He will be one of the keynote speakers at the Man-to-Man Conference at St. Pius X Church, April the 30th. With that, I'll turn it over to Mr. Chairman Ted Desertels. Yeah, John, uh, you mentioned Father Larry. We're uh, Me and Guy are big fans of Father Larry Richards. Be uh, a man, great book. But uh, also, uh, Father Larry was our keynote speaker, and I think twenty twice, twenty fifteen, and maybe earlier guy. Um, Thir- uh, Eleven, possibly. Okay, two thousand eleven. But I'll tell you what, uh, what an impact he made. You know, uh, actually, uh, our MC Father uh, Brent Smith is going to touch on that, and uh, he came to okay. one. Of, he came to one of our conferences before he went into the priesthood, and he. Recalls vividly Father Larry. Father Larry's uh, Father Larry was an inspiration for him going to the seminary. It's one of the things that inspired him to go to seminary. Absolutely. Yeah. So, John, awesome. uh, What is your impression? Have you been to Lafayette? What is your impression of Cajun country down here? I have not been to Lafayette, but I'll tell you what: I love anything uh, Louisiana. I love New Orleans. I love Baton Rouge. Uh, I love the food. I mean, we just had here at my house last weekend. I had a bunch of friends over it. We got, I think, a sack of 40 pounds of crawfish. And them, and we're sitting there eating them. All. I'll wow. eat that stuff all day. I'll eat you out of house and home if you let me do <laughs> hey, that stuff. Just so you know, we're at the height of crawfish season, and they're monsters oh, right now. It's, you have to get the guys to take you out. Definitely. Yeah. Now, the food's better here in Lafayette, John. Of course it is. <laughs> this is true Cajun country. Is. Yeah, you know, we do. You you and I have a whole, whole lot in common. I've been doing this podcast, this Cajun Catholics, and we're right at 160-some-odd episodes as well. So you really, the Holy Spirit's talking talking through us. But um, the inspiration for the show is, you know, that there's so many wonderful Catholics in our region of the country. And it it really is a mixture of faith and culture. You know, uh, the the Acadians came down from Canada and settled here in, in Cajun country. They were persecuted. And I mean, I love our people, and I'm just—I'll never run out of guests. You know, just like these guys sitting next to me. There's just some wonderful Catholic people, and, and we're excited to host you. Yeah, I'm excited to be there. I, I just—I love doing these things, just going and, and talking about how much the Lord loves us. You know, so many men these days, we 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 identify with the that we're the sum of our sins, and the sum of our mistakes, and the sum of our failures, and every time that. 
we try to live the life that we're called to live. The devil's there to punch you in the gut and tell you you're not who you say you are, and God isn't who he says he is. And, and you know, that guys really struggle to understand their purpose in life. And a lot of that is because if we don't look at ourselves as beloved sons of God, if we don't take that seriously and understand, you know, what how God sees us, then we're always going to struggle with our purpose, uh, you know, with what we're supposed to be doing in life. We're going to kind of come to that point of our life where we feel like everything's mundane and everything is just Groundhog Day again and again. And we don't have that joy. We continue to seek it in, in fleeting things, right? If I have this car, if I have this house, if I have this much money, if I get that promotion, if I get to go out with that girl, whatever it may be, we think that's going to make us happy. But the only thing that's truly going to make us happy is understanding who we are because when we come to that understanding of, of, of that we're really beloved sons of God, we're not the sum of our mistakes and failures and sins and all of that, but we're the sum of God's love for us, then we start to understand that God is a loving Father and He's not a judgmental, overbearing, punishing Father the way that maybe some of us had fathers like that. And we understand who He is and we understand who we are, then we can start to understand that we're here to serve Him and that we have a unique purpose within the overarching purpose of serving him right what am i supposed to do what are my gifts you start to understand those things and man you find a joy in your life that you've been looking for a joy that 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 really outshines and outlasts any of these other things you know that that's there through the suffering that's there through the happy times this joy of knowing that i'm living the life i'm called to in christ and that's what my purpose and the reason for my being here is god amen Hey there, uh, John. But thank you. We're, we're so glad that you can be coming. We need you. We need you. Need we need your testimony. And uh, you know, you can register at uh, Man to Van Conference by going to m2m21.com. M the number two, m21.com. And uh, John, we're looking forward to your testimony. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, John, yeah, I, I can't um, wait to get down there. Um, so I heard you say you work for a Fortune 250 company and you were in sales. I'm in sales, and I feel like I wrote it. I actually wrote at a at a retreat one time about how how we're selling Jesus, you know, in our faith life. How, how we're selling Jesus to others, and I feel like maybe you know I, I can hear in your voice a little bit of salesmanship and I guess closing when it comes to talking to people about God. But tell tell us how your your sales training has has bled over into your faith life. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, any any good salesman has has you know some unique qualities: the, the ability to empathize with people, um, the ability to relate to people, uh, relationship building, and that's key in anything. If you look at Jesus, the way that he evangelized, you know, a lot of times we try to reinvent the wheel and say we're going to evangelize this way, but the greatest evangelist who ever lived was Jesus, and he, you know, if you looked at how he started, he didn't go to the disciples or the apostles when he called them and say. Hey, Matthew, you know, check out these 617 Levitical laws, and if you're still into it, come follow me. Now, he went to him with a relationship. What do you seek? What are you looking for? Come and see. It was always an invitation. It was always a relationship. And sometimes, you know, in our faith, we want to we want to evangelize. We're called to evangelize. And we go out and we kind of hit everybody over the head with, with the Bible and tell them, aren't you a Christian? Well, that's never really going to work. You know, we have to earn the right in people's life. And so what I learned as a salesman is, you know, when I went into business, and I was nervous when I first started. I'd never done it before. I was working in a Napa store, and the salesman quit, or they fired him or something. They said, do you want a shot? And I was like, yeah, anything to get out of these four walls. I'll get in the truck and drive around all day, sure. So I started calling on people who had never done it. And as I went in places, 
I just started to ask questions. You know, what do you like to do? Or I'd look around a guy's office and see some golf clubs in the corner and maybe, you know, some pictures of fishing, you know, catching fish on the wall or, you know, something else that he was doing with his kids or his family that he enjoyed. And so I started to ask questions about those things. And I started to talk to him about what he enjoyed and what he, about his life. So often we want to go into things that tell everybody about ourselves and what we're doing and how we're doing it. But the truth, the, the key to being a good evangelist is, is asking questions of the other. You know, a lot of times when somebody doesn't believe in God or somebody's um, got a different opinion on Christianity or something, we want to beat them over the head with ours. Instead of just listening and that listening, that humility allows someone to feel welcome. It allows them to feel appreciated. And then you can sit there and you can ask questions about why they believe what they believe. This opens the door to, one, changing someone's mind, if that's what you're trying to do there, or or getting them to, to, you know, to convert to Christianity if they're not Christian. But we do it with, with charity and with love and with invitation because that's what Jesus did. You know, he wanted relationship with people. And as a salesman, you had a lot of guys say, man, you, you've been, you know, doing so well for 20 years. You've got the same customers, and yet you're still beating your numbers every year. How are you doing that? And I always told them, I've taken care of them. I don't worry about what I'm going to make or what's in it for me. I give them the best deal I can. If they want a piece of equipment or something, I don't sell them the most expensive one. I sell them the one they need because in the end, they're going to appreciate that guy takes care of me. He puts me before himself, and that's somebody I want to do business with. And it's the same thing in our in our faith walk. You know, this person actually cares about me. I'm not some statistic. I'm not another butt to put in a chair at a conference or in a men's group. This person actually wants to be part of my life and desires a relationship with me. And so I'll open my heart to them, hear what they have to say. And when we get that heart open, the Holy Spirit goes in there, and Jesus is the one that does the converting. Jesus is the one that does the evangelizing. We're just there to set the stage, to set the table, and to build relationships the way that he did that invite people into a greater knowledge of him and of our faith. So that's how it's really, I've used that, those skills. It's just always trying to take care of the person in front of me and not worrying about myself. It comes through, and they appreciate that, and they people do business with people, and it's the same thing in evangelization. Man, I need you to come run my sales meeting. <laughs> 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 well, maybe we could pop in for a pep yeah, talk. Yeah, pop in. I'll there. get you a Ford to drive while you're around here. <laughs> yeah, John, we talk a lot that's about right. We talk a lot about hey, that's, all, that's all I ever drive. That's, all I ever that's drive my man. Boy, I'm loving up <laughs> on John. <laughs> Endorsement for John. In our, right. in our small group, we talk about you know meeting men where they are, and it's it's kind of, it's a sim- simplistic statement or phrase, but it really really does dovetail into what you know the way you just described meeting these men and uh, attending to what they need and listening, uh, asking questions. It's it's just all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, just a few minutes left on the show. Again, uh, just a pleasure to to be uh, here, meet you here over the over the radio, and looking forward to meeting you in person. And uh, can't wait to to. Uh, we, you know, I, well, there's some Cajun terms you might need to learn before you get over here. Like the word. <laughs> okay. You ever heard of the word couillon? Cou- I've heard it. I don't know okay. what it means. So couillon. I watch a lot of swamp people. Oh Lord. Well, that that's kind of fake news a little bit. Yeah, we're not really like those swamp people. Although I'll tell you that. Chudum, the Chudum guy just the bought a just bought a truck from us, so I was uh, intimately oh, okay. yeah, I just met that he guy. Did. That's a tree shaker, baby. That's, that's a tree shaker. Give him a headache. Yeah. yeah. 
So a Kuyon <laughs> is is a crazy Cajun, you know. And uh, and okay. we, we one of the things I think that's beautiful, and uh, let you guys chime in about about our faith is that we we do work hard and we play hard, and and I think that there's lots of festivals down here, and they're all. I think this is a family area. You mentioned New Orleans; they have, you know, we like our Mardi Gras more of like a family type Mardi Gras. And so sure. I think you're going to really fit in well. Do you fish and hunt? I, I got. I feel like you do. Yes, I do. I don't hunt as much as I used yeah. to. My dad, we got a farm. I'm from Bruce, or my family's from Bruce, Mississippi, originally down below Oxford. Okay. So we got a bunch of farmland down there. Grew up duck hunting and stuff. But right. I, I love fishing. I got a 16 foot uh, bass tracker pro out in the, in the garage right now. I'll bass fish or. Redfish right. or whatever all day long. Speckle trout fishing. Yeah, man. This is sportsman's <laughs> paradise out here. Absolutely. We're 45 minutes from the Gulf of Mexico, and we, we, we can do both freshwater and salt, and I, I love it. Oh, and man. it And it's that time of year, too. Well, you know, Jesus had all these fishermen, so you know, I guess in South Louisiana, we're just we're just imitating the apostles there. there you go. So there you go. I ask this question, John, to a lot of my guests, and and you being in a very special place in 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 life and in your spiritual life, how do you know? And I mentioned you mentioned that you hadn't been Catholic for that that long, but how do you know that Jesus is truly present in that Eucharist? Mm. Well, that's a good question. For a long time in my faith life, I didn't. I became Catholic to marry the beautiful woman that said she'd marry me if I became Catholic. So for the first 11 years of being a Catholic, I really wasn't. And after the things that you guys will hear at the conference that went on in my life, uh, I was trying to hide from the world one day. Uh, people found out that I'd been arrested and, and customers were you know, calling me and telling me that they were uh, not going to do business with me anymore. The world was kind of crashing down. And I just dropped my kids off at our parish uh, to go to school that day, and I, I, all this hit me at once. And I see my pastor walking across the parking lot, and I knew where he was going. I knew he was going to 815 Mass, and I said, you know what? No one would ever look for me in there. So I walked in. I just wanted to get away from the world. I knelt in there. It was me and about eight or nine older men and women, uh, and that Mass changed my life. Uh, the pastor uh, didn't have a lectory, so he was reading the readings. He didn't have a deacon there. And the reading spoke exactly to where I was. When he started preaching his homily, it spoke right to where I was. I started bawling, full-on waterworks in the middle of this mass. Uh, he called me out to take communion, and I wasn't going to do it. And he, he was persistent. He saw me crying, and he kept telling me, come up there. And when I was standing in front of him, and I put my hands up, and he said, this is the body of Christ, it was the first time I ever believed it. When it hit my hand, my body was on fire. The hair on my arm stood up. It was like the, the steps that God had taken me through that you guys will hear about to that point. That's great. This was like, okay, now it's time to believe that this is really me. Uh, that changed my life. And I'm a daily mass goer. The only day I don't go is on Saturday. I give that day fully to my family. But I don't miss it because I, I understand now the, the power of the Eucharist. And, and being a Baptist, you know, we had communion once a year. <laughs> you know, this is something now that you come into this truth of what this is. It is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And then we have a God that is willing to humble himself to become a small piece of, of bread so that he can be one with us, so that he can nourish us, so that he can give us our strength. Because as he said so many times, the world will hate you because it hates me. The world will persecute you because it persecuted me. He's called us to do a mighty work, and he knows that it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. We're going to lose things. We're going to lose people in our life when we start to, to really profess our faith. But we have a loving God that says, I love you so much, I give you my very self so that your strength, my strength is your strength, 
and you can go out and do the things that you want to do. So that day changed my life forever. Well, I think you and, wet, uh, you wet yeah. the appetite of all our listeners and uh, a blessing so much to have you on the show today. And everyone's sure. looking forward to seeing you here at the Man to Man Conference. It'll be April 30th. Tickets are $35. Tell them where you can get them, guy. At Man to Man, well, Man to Man Conference, of course, but m2m21.com is the website, m 2 m com. John, look forward to meeting you. We're going to have those crawfish ready for you when you get here, my man. All right. Just bring a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God bless you. Yeah. Listening to Cajun yeah. Catholics with John Edwards. It's, uh, again, at, we ask for your prayers, and we ask that you, uh, and you'll know that you're, you're in ours. Thank you, John. All right. God Thank bless. You. We'll yeah. see you soon. Take care, John. God bless.